It's time to take the good with the bad. Love it or hate it on Asteroid G. You're listening to Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike Finkelstein. With me, as always, is... Captain Josh Schaefer. Queen B. And Bex. And we are going to be talking today about Wonder Woman, specifically a love it or hate it for both the first and second DC Extended Universe Wonder Woman films. Because, as we were talking about off mic before we started recording this podcast, each of those films has their own interesting points to them. Each of them are, in their own ways, equally flawed. For very different reasons, I will note. But I think we can all come down on the love it or hate it camp at various times for each of these films, and I am curious to discuss why. I know, I think we've actually talked about Wonder Woman on the cast before, but... Just to go over things, the first movie is about a fished-out-of-water Wonder Woman, Diana Prince. I don't even... Do they even, like, call her Wonder Woman in the series at all? Um... They, I don't think so. In the film, they do. The title's Wonder Woman, so... Well, yeah, I mean, title is, but I don't That's... think they ever give her her title in the movie. Maybe in, like, a newspaper like, clip. Like name drop. I feel like... Yeah, I feel like they had to have, like, at least been like, wow, what a... What a Wonder Woman. What a woman who's a wonder. It's not like they just yeah. go out of their way to make sure someone always goes, the Batman. You know? <laughs> that doesn't sound like a really good movie. <laughs> well, we'll find out later this year, maybe. <laughs> Soon. Anyway, so Diana Prince is, well, I guess just Diana, is a princess of Themyscira who lives on that island of the Amazons, and suddenly a man comes to the island uh Steve Trevor, played by Chris Pine. And he brings basically World War One to the shores of Themyscira, and realizing that there's danger out in the real world, Diana leaves her island, never to be able to return, uh, discovering her superpowers along the way, and goes and helps them fight and end World War One. Whereby then we cut ahead to 1984 in the second film, and Diana has basically been left pining for Chris Pine this whole time. Which, it's Chris Pine. Who wouldn't? Um... And so the irony. Oh yeah, I know, right? Uh, and I see what you did there. <laughs> <laughs> no pun intended, I swear. And so a magical treasure lands at the Smithsonian where Diana conveniently is working. And the treasure grants anyone their one secret most desire. All they have to do is wish for it. And we get Maxwell Lord played by the Mandalorian who somehow manages to fuse the device within himself and becomes the wishing device. And somehow, for reasons, this leads to apocalypse? And also Chris Pine comes back, because we needed more Chris Pine. Because who doesn't need more Chris Pine? Yeah, exactly. But that's the long and the short of the movies, basically. Am I... Anything... Did I, did I skimp on anything that was really necessary? No, you're nope. pretty much there. <laughs> yeah. So, this... I actually... Like, two-thirds of the first movie I really enjoyed, and I would say probably about two-thirds of this movie I really enjoyed, which amounts to slightly more than one good film, which, considering the DCEU batting average, is really good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I will admit that I don't know that I, whether I can really come down on the love-it-or-hate-it side of the camp here in this particular instance. I kind of be like, yeah, they're all right. So... <laughs> okay, well, I'm then... I'm almost uh, there with you. <laughs> yeah, I, I can I can go ahead and I can tell you why 
I and I agree with you wholeheartedly. Okay. Uh, Two thirds, I love. I, I actually do. Um, I love the fact that it's a female director. Yep. I love the fact that it's a female hero. Um, I love the diversity throughout, um, through a lot of it. The uh, the first scene with the little Diana uh, and all of the Amazonians who are of all different cultures are is amazing to me. Um, but most of them, you know, they follow the whole Greek look. Um, but it, I love the sets of Theo Mascara. I think that's all amazing. I love Chris Pine. Who wouldn't? Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't know what it is. And it could just be DC villains. Uh, yeah. The, the villains fall short. Yeah. Why is it they just can't find a good villain? Well, uh, is it or can't write a good villain? Because that's really what it comes down to. I um, think it's more like can't write than don't have. Well, and let's be fair. Like, like as much as I, I don't want to be a DCEU apologist because a lot of the movies suck. Marvel also has the issue of a lot of their villains are just not interesting. It's like. It, the superhero companies have problems making villains on screen and maybe this is part of the thing is that like a good superhero is going to have a long tail of continuity behind them but audiences expect a villain to get defeated and i in part blame batman uh 1989 for this get killed at the end of a film so you no longer have the long tail so while a hero can get a lot of rich character development and evolve over time. A villain has to get introduced, have their villain plan and die all within the span of a single film. And that mm -hmm. leads to weaker characters, in my opinion. Yeah. yeah. And, I mean, something I just thought of is, and I don't know if this is a trend with DC. I'm trying to think of other instances of it being the case, but I'm thinking with Wonder Woman 2, it might, or Wonder Woman 84 or whatever. Um, I mean, I, yeah, the, the villain is there to make things happen and plot, but I want to say it, a lot of it was more Diana wrestling herself, this outer person. I mean, yeah, he's there, but I want to say, like, they focused more about her choice with, uh, Chris Pine, you know, and her struggle with that. So I want to say, like, maybe that was more the real villain. Well, we just... And, you know, the struggle with that that woman. Yeah. Um, the other woman who turned into, what, Tigress? Cheetah. 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 Um, and her internal struggle with that. Yeah. So. Well, I think there's... This is something that we just watched... Becky and I just watched Disney's Hercules recently. And this was a problem I noticed there, too. And I think this also applies to... I mean, honestly, it kind of applies to the first Wonder Woman, but it also is really key to Maxwell Lord in the second. The hero and the villain barely interact with each other at all until the big climax at the end. If you watch Hercules, uh, Hades doesn't even, like, like he's on the periphery and he sees Hercules a few times, but they don't have any meaningful character interaction until, like, the third part of the third act. And Hercules is like, oh my god, you're the villain, I must stop you. And you're sitting there going, how'd you make that conclusion? You've you've only just met the dude. He is a non-entity in your life. And I kind of feel like Maxwell Lord has that same problem. Yes, Wonder Woman sees him from afar a couple times, but 
Like, their character interaction is severely limited after he steals the treasure, and there's just, there's not a lot of back and forth between them, where you can compare that to, like, Mysterio in the second MCU Spider-Man, where Mysterio has, like, a personal connection with Spider-Man, or, like, Vulture, or some of the other ones. Even Thanos, just due to the fact that he shows up over multiple films, and then essentially has, like, the first half of the of, uh, fourth Avengers film, like, dedicated to him and his storyline. Like, they, there's a deep connection there with him that's lacking from Maxwell Lord. Yeah, I, I think that it's it's definitely the writing. I didn't mind the actor. I, I love the Mandalorian, so... Yeah, um, Pascal is amazing, Pedro but... Mm -hmm. Yeah, and... I, and I like Kristen Wiig, too. I didn't actually... See, I don't have... I know that some people on this podcast will go... Will really bite into the fact that the CGI was crap, but... I don't care about that. That's not something that I get all uppity about. I, I'm pure story. So pure story-wise, both movies were way better than most of the um, DC movies that are out there. Um, I might even argue they're probably better than even the Tim Burton Batmans, which are pretty decent. Yeah, I don't like the Tim Burton Batmans, so that's fine. Um but uh, if we're going to talk villains, they need to write a villain like Vulture. I liked Vulture in Spider-Man, so uh -huh. um, I think by far he's probably one of the best villains in a movie thus far of this type of movie. I feel like, and I, I don't know, I'm, I'm interested in hearing what Josh and Bex have to say on this as well. I feel like Cheetah was the better villain of the two, even though she was kind of second banana to the storyline. Just because she had like an actual connection to Wonder Woman and was the more interesting and fleshed out character overall, she got like an actual kind of origin story. Whereas we're like dumped into the middle of Pedro Pascal and we don't really know what his plan is until he just finally steals the treasure and merges it into himself. But even then, like we don't really understand what the hell he's getting out of it because it's all kind of vague for him. I agree. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree too. And I, I agree that Cheeto would have been, a better villain or I mean just considering her to be the main villain as opposed to the other guy because yeah. I, I think yeah Pascal was just the guy to kind of keep things moving instead of actually having some kind of emotional bond there whereas the gal like okay I mean I'm all for you know gal against gal and then I don't know feelings or something and things are okay again but it it's like there there was a distinct lack of connection between Wonder Woman and this bad guy besides, oh, he's doing bad things. Whereas, you know, there's a bit more emotional turmoil between uh, Donna and Cheeto. Yeah. I I mean, let's, let's be honest. On the front of CGI, the CGI in the second Wonder Woman is better than the first one because uh, the first one has that awful last act that is entirely Zack Snyder overblown bullshit. And, I mean, as far as, like, how they worked the characters in, Cheetah has worked in really well, which is so much better than Ares, who is just this concept for, like, five-sixth five of the first Wonder Woman film, and then suddenly, oh, look, this guy you don't care about is Ares all along, and what is this, a galaxy far, far away where there's only three characters and five families? Like, what? what <laughs> is this? Yeah. Um, and really, he, he's been hiding as a British... Yeah, parlotarian all this time. I don't believe that that's, for a second. 
Aries, what is your goal here? I'm really confused. You're on the winning <laughs> side, and like, I don't, I, I, that was just it fell bad. apart. Yeah, if you want more, go work for the Germans. Why are you working for the British? Makes no sense. But I mean, the one Ooh. thing for for uh, movies is when you put two villains into a film, the expectation is you're doing it so you can sell toys. Like, that was why Sony wanted two villains in every Spider-Man film after the first one, and why all the mm -hmm. X-Men films had so many different mutants just crammed in so they could sell more toys. That's just basic Hollywood, like, monetization right there. But what are you going to sell for a Max Lord Lord, Maxwell Lord toy? Guy in suit in three different variants? Like, he's the most boring action figure. <laughs> yeah, when I heard that he was going to be the villain, I was like, oh, woof. <laughs> Like, he's cool. I like him in the comics, but yeah. not, well, I but mean, the guy on screen wasn't Maxwell Lord. No, no, not from the comics. They got Cheetah, okay, okay, but Maxwell Lord that we had was just not like the guy from the comics, and they're, they're like it was completely different character. Which, if they want to put a different kind of villain in there, that's fine. Just don't call him Maxwell Lord. Yeah, yeah. So if that's just lazy writing. Yeah, for the most part. I mean, but that's that's the DCEU. And I mean, I, I, I credit, like, Patty Jenkins and Gal Gadot wanting to, like, create a different kind of climax to the film, which I think Josh fell asleep through and didn't bother watching. Um, Correct. Yep. <laughs> but I like I liked the that fact that... That movie was two and a half hours long, Mike. <laughs> I knew I had things to do on Christmas Day. Like, no, that's, and I mean, that's fair. We were even saying that we almost fell asleep halfway through. There was, like, th this is, okay, here is the other thing I have with this movie, and this is going to sound really anti-feminist, and I don't mean it that way, but I don't know if that there's any other way to describe the, what works and what doesn't about this film. Both of them, in fact. The movies are at their best when the dude, like, the love interest is there to balance out Wonder Woman. Like, and I don't, I don't blame Wonder Woman, like, the character or the action she does or anything. It's just that there is such palpable chemistry between Gal Gadot and Chris Pine. And both movies fall apart as soon as Chris Pine is removed from the picture. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I mean, that isn't to say, like, she could have someone else that she, you know, say a female counterpart at some point that she could play off of, too. But it, it's like, yeah, it's that Pine magic. Well, it's like if if she could have had after that big fight sequence with Cheetah, which was obviously put in there just so they could have a big fight sequence. If she could have had like a caring and sharing moment with her and the two of them go up against Maxwell Lord and fight together against him, that would have yes. given like, yeah, that kind of dynamic that we're looking for. Instead of needing the guy in her life, she finds a best friend and manages to like learn that that's what she needs to grow as a person is human connection. Yeah, and, God, and you know, that would have been... Oh, go ahead. You can... Oh, I was just... Uh, that'd be so much better. Holy crap. <laughs> yeah. But I was also going to say, Mike, to save you from, like, an anti-feminism stance, this movie absolutely does not pass the Bechdel test. No. No. Every so... conversation Wonder Woman has is about Chris Pine. <laughs> yeah. Well... So, if that makes you feel better, like... It makes Chris Pine feel better. Hey, yeah, everyone should be talking so. about Chris Pine. <laughs> <laughs> I have seen. But I don't know. I, I, uh, 
it, it, it's one of those things where it shouldn't be feminist to where it's like, no, I don't need no man. Like, you can be feminist and still enjoy men and romance and all that. Like, what the fuck? Oh, for sure, yeah. I'm going to start mean, getting on a tirade, but anywho. I mean, I consider myself a feminist, and I be- I agree with what you're saying. And you enjoy the company of men, see? Yeah, I, I mean, I'm Gosh. talking to one right now. Not you, Becky, <laughs> yeah. talking about Mike. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, unless you identify that way, and then there's two men. It's That's how it works. Nope, nope, I've questioned myself. I'm 100% tomboy. I am, I am girl, but dirty. You're, you're a girl, but? A girl, I'm but... girl but this conversation is wandered. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Just like Wonder Woman 1984. Okay, the thing is, okay, that See, that's a segment. Yeah, it's a wonder. Like the films struggle with Wonder Woman. And I don't think this is just the Wonder Woman films that we need to think about. This is Dawn of Justice, which tacked Wonder Woman on for most of the film. And although she got some great action sequences near the end, her entire plotline was superfluous. There was also Justice League, which kind of makes her team captain, but kind of doesn't. And like, I don't know what her purpose was in there, except to be the chick on the team. Like, was there more to it? I think it was just a way to say that there's someone just as strong as Superman and Batman because they both crazy. Except there wasn't because was they couldn't solve the problem until they revived Superman. Right? Yeah. So undercut that whole theory. Like, I like the inclusion of Wonder Woman in the series. I like Gal Gadot. I don't feel like the DCEU is serving Wonder Woman that well. These two movies included. I'd argue that DC's not treating any of their heroes in the DCEU well, so... <laughs> I liked Aquaman. <laughs> and Shazam was a great film. Yet. I haven't seen that yet either. I'm Shazam bad. was amazing, and Aquaman was pretty decent. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Shazam feels tangentially c- uh, connected at best. You get, like, a half-viewed cameo of Superman, and that's about it. But I think that's one of the benefits of that movie, is that it could just shake off all the cruft that came with it and be its own thing, whether it was connected or not. Yeah. yeah. And my thing is, like, and I think I, I'm judging the DCEU a little harsher because I love DC comic books, as yep. you know. And they started the DCEU, I think, a few years after Marvel started their extended universe. And Marvel provided the perfect blueprint on how yep. to make comics into movies. And Warner Brothers looked at the billions of dollars that Marvel slash Disney was making and was like, nah, we're going to do the opposite. We're going to ignore all just, the lessons of it and just try and rush yeah. right in. Yeah. Yeah, like, you know, Marvel had planning and story and character development, even though, like, as you said, the the villains were a little lackluster at best, but, uh-huh. like, they still did a good job on a couple. Like, Killmonger, I think they did a pretty decent job with, and... Yeah. Um, Vulture, like B said, I, I love the Vulture. Honestly, Killmonger but, is probably the best villain they've ever had, and it's a disappointment yeah. that they actually killed his character. Even though it works for the character himself, mm-hmm. like, I'm sitting there going, can you just find a way to blip him back into existence? Because he good. I'm really, really hoping that the Thanos snap somehow will be explained on bringing him back. <laughs> Don't know how, just, but it's magic. So Multiverse it's okay. of Madness. Um, I'm not going to spoil anything for what just happened recently in WandaVision, <clears throat> but like, they have ways they can, like, 
play with the multiverse and do things. They could bring Killmonger back if they really wanted to. They could, oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, they yeah. could. Yeah. And I'm so very happy about WandaVision. I was very excited oh, when I saw it's, that. It's, it's already proven to be, you know, well, better than these two movies so far. <laughs> <laughs> right? So. If you're going to make a, a female superhero, um, DCU, pick up a comic once in a while, will you? <laughs> Actually, pay attention to your backlog of shit that Wonder Woman has done. Right. Yeah. There's so much more to go with this, and they, they they're doing the same stuff that they do every time in Hollywood. You're right. They're they're just trying to sell toys. They're not interested in actually telling a decent story. Although two thirds of both of those movies are pretty decent. Yeah. So and that, um, that, I guess that and that's me... because and I think that's because of Gal Gadot. Yeah, and Chris Pine. And Chris Pine. And Chris Pine. The the two of them. Like, the the smartest thing they did was find a way to, through stupid item magic and plot convenience, bring Chris Pine back. Which normally I would be completely irritated by, except their chemistry is what drives that film. And whatever reasoning yeah. they want to come up with for bringing him back, I am on board. Well, how many times can they really bring him back? It's a comic book. As many times I mean, as they want. Yeah, like it's a comic, and I look forward to the next one. Please, God. <laughs> what a woman present day. Oh, look, Chris Pine's back again, dude. Go I home. I think somebody. I think somebody who looks who is Chris Pine, but actually is a villain. <laughs> That'd would be, be great. <gasps> yes, that because, would be great. Yeah, because they use his that. face and his personality against her. That would be a villain right there. Uh huh. That would work. Yeah. That would work amazingly. And then you have character development. Yeah. See, I like that. And you that. know, you know he could play evil. Oh, yeah. He you could. know he's just yeah. he's just waiting to play evil. He doesn't get those parts, but he is waiting to play evil. You really are. Mm-hmm. I, I look forward mm-hmm. to the I like how this has a little bit of everything. A little bit of love it, hate it, a little bit of just review, a <laughs> little bit of writing it. Well, I look forward to the inevitable Star Trek Mirror Universe movie where Chris Pine gets to wear the goatee. Nice. Yes. So (laughs) where do we all fall on these? And we can go around the room or whatever, but love it or hate it for each of the two movies. Um, I'm going to side more with the love it um, because I don't want them to stop using Wonder Woman. I want them to write a better villain. Yeah. and I really like Chris Pine as well. So if they can figure out how to put another Wonder Woman movie together and include Chris Pine somehow, some way, um, they will get my money. Uh-huh. So I'm going to say love it. Um, With an asterisk. Thanks. Pretty much the same thing for for the same reasons. Because it, it's not, I didn't really hate it at all except for little parts i mean my my dream would have been to kind of mash the two wonder woman movies together and that you know where one failed the other was better and vice versa so i don't know i'd watch i'd i'd watch more an unenthusiastic love it (laughs) josh so so is that wait 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 is that like marriage (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> not entirely i mean i actually like my marriage my first marriage maybe sorry tangent 
Go ahead, Josh. Um, well, I love the first two acts of uh, the first Wonder Woman movie. I thought everything was awesome, the, except for the, the Ares plot hole. And I also, I don't know what it is, and I think I said this in a different podcast, too, where I just ranted about it when I'm just sitting with my wife just talking about random stuff that I hate. Um, but the electric guitar riffs in the Wonder oh, Woman franchise, I don't know what it is. Like, I don't mind it. Yeah, yeah what is that? Yes! It just it takes me out of ev- all the scenes. I'm like, oh, this is badass. And it's like, oh, no. I'm like, oh man, like they didn't have electric guitars in World War One. What are you doing? <laughs> but, oh man, I'm on the other side of that. I loved it. Every time I hear it, I get all like amped up. Is, is, yes. this, the, is this the traditional Amazonian electric harpsichord? Is that what they need a mandolin? I'm sorry. <laughs> but like, oh, outside of the mandolin. movie, I love it. I love the, mm. the soundtrack. But you know, that, that... In, the, in the movie, it's like, it's like, oh, she's. Yeah, that's pretty valid. Yeah, it's just it's just in the context of that, but um, so like I think the first one I'd give like an eighty five percent, um, which is like a thumb and a half up maybe. Mm-hmm. But the second movie, I'm I don't sorry, know. Where's your like, thumb again, Josh? Huh? <laughs> I said, where's your thumb at again? <laughs> well, halfway up some hole. <laughs> <laughs> I'll leave that to the imagination. But... Ew. You can't take that back. (laughs) Um, But the second movie, I don't, I really wanted to like it. I was really excited for it. And I didn't mind any of the actors or the acting, but I don't, I don't know. It was just kind of cringy at parts and it was Uh so long. Uh Well, and I think Maxwell Lord would have worked as like a, two movie character arc like if yeah. he showed up and then he, he finished his arc in the second or even a fourth or sorry a third or a fourth movie uh-huh. but i don't know well, and the- i i didn't finish it so i can't really comment on whether i hated it or love it but uh, i i don't really feel like i want to finish it so kind of indicates i don't know josh if you can't get through the movie i'm not entirely <laughs> sure you can say you love it I love yeah, the I first love 15 it. minutes and then moving on. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think the second movie was betrayed in part because it had such an incredible first trailer for it. Yes. Yeah. That one set to Blue Oyster Cult that like made it look mm-hmm. like it was slickly produced and had a very tight and focused plot line and made Maxwell Lord look like a really evil villain when he's just kind of a muddled maybe kind of guy. Like, mm-hmm. like... Like, the, the the trailer people did a fantastic job of selling you on the movie. The movie people didn't live up to the trailer. I think that's yeah. actually the perfect way of explaining yeah. what I'm feeling. Yeah. But I'm, and I, like I was the, bamboozled. You were. The first movie, my big issue is that entire last act after they've gone through the, point, the no man's land, point of no return section. None of the film lives up to the, that action sequence. And, I mean... I've gone back and watched the first Wonder Woman a couple times, but I've gone back and watched that one, like, five-minute sequence, I don't know, 10, 15 times, because that's such a great action sequence. And you're just it sitting there going, yeah. yeah, if that could have led up to, then, the castle sequence, and they could have just fought the Nazis right there, not Nazis, but pre-Nazis, 
right there. And then whatever was going on with Ares could have just been like carried over into maybe this film and then the next film and make Ares like a story arc instead of tying him up right there. That would have fixed the Ares issue. That would have fixed the entire last act that just goes on and on for no reason. There's, it's a lot. It's like this movie has to come up with some, what, Inca or Aztec god who has, like, power over destruction and everything. You're sitting there going, is this just Ares by a different name? Like... <laughs> right? Yeah. It's, it's, it all leads back to DC's bad plotting, which, in the fairness of that Wonder, that World War One film, I had the same issue with Captain America. I felt like... There was too much story for a single movie in his first film set during World War II. And if they could have just split it out over a couple or three movies or distributed things better, then that Captain America movie that was good would have really been great. And the Wonder Woman movie that was kind of average but decent could have been really been great if that last act was just completely different. Fair enough. I come down on the love-it-ish like love it -ish for the first one and... <laughs> I don't know, I'm divided on the second one. I think I need to watch it again at some point down the road and see how I feel now that I know what the plot line is and that it doesn't live up to the trailer. So so you're you're open to dating the movie, but yeah. you're yeah. not really well, interested in making that. a commitment. I've done this with other films before where I have expectations for the film based on the trailer. Uh, Mystery Men is one of those films, that dumb superhero comedy from the mid-90s that when I first saw it, I hated the film. But, like, that was because the trailer sold it to be something different humor-wise than what it was. And once I knew what the movie was like and I went back and watched it again with different expectations, I love that film now. So I think maybe with different expectations I could like this movie better. I just, I'm on the fence about it right now because the parts I liked don't quite balance out the parts I didn't. I see. Yeah. It's just, it right now, it feels like yet another failure in the long line of failures of the DCEU. That's yeah. fair. Yeah. So. Which just makes me believe, once again, we need a solid reboot of the DCEU, and hopefully with a Flash and Flashpoint, yeah. DC doesn't fuck it up, and we actually can reboot all the stupid Zack Snyder stuff out of continuity, fix a bunch of the other stuff, keep the things that work, which is basically Gal Gadot and Shazam. Yeah. And you know, I will say that Robert Pattinson, as much as I don't think I like him too much, yeah. that that Batman trailer looks pretty sick. It looks interesting. Like I'm... You know, a young Batman starting off is fine, and if they keep it separated from the main DC continuity, I guess that's okay, but it's kind of weird for movies to have like so many continuities going at once. That's... Not something we're used to. But I can tell you, one fix they could have done that would have sold me on it instantly. Change the name to Batman Beyond. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then you just make it future set, even if it's not like as futuristic as actual Batman Beyond. And I'd be like, oh, okay, I'm, I'm accepting this now. That's cool. Go for it. So. Anyway. Yeah. yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. We got anything else to say about the DCEU or Wonder Woman? They need, to, they need to read their backlog. <laughs> go go through just, all the old issues. Yeah, just start <laughs> reading, people. Get some new ideas. Because... Start at the beginning. More Wonder Woman bondage. That's what we're looking for. <laughs> I'm not going to argue with that, but I'm not going to say I approve either. And I'm not joking about that either. 
That's seriously <laughs> what the early comics were all about. Josh can attest to this. Well, one hundred percent true. Yes, I, I did watch the movie of the gentleman who created Wonder Woman. So yeah. he had a bondage fetish. Okay, he Her, did. He did. She has a lasso she ties guys up with, but if she is somehow bound in any way, shape, or form, she loses all of her power. He just liked tying women up and then have being tied up in return, which, not judging his kinks, but it does certainly flavor <laughs> the early issues of that series. Yeah, I know, that's just equality, right? Yeah! <laughs> certainly much more interesting than just making her the uh, secretary of the Justice Society like the other comics did, which is stupid. Ew. Yeah, it's dumb. So... Uh, this has been Not So Live from Asteroid G. I'm Mike, not judging your bondage, Finkelstein. Josh. <laughs> Queen Bee. And Beth. And we will see you next time.